On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about how a business trip to the Netherlands taught me that I need to find happiness in the process, and I explain why I still don't have a car. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to this episode number 93 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Hello. This is another late one. It's still Friday, so I'm saying it's on time, but actually it's a little bit late. It's normally coming out on a Friday morning. As you know, the time is like 20 to 7 at night. I'm sat here in the office and this has been a really busy week. Um, I feel like since we last spoke, I literally haven't stopped. Uh, And so now is the first chance that I've had really to record this podcast. Um, I did kind of see this coming. I did predict at the end of last week's episode, that this episode would be out later on today. And so here it is. Um, What have I been up to? So this time last week, just after I recorded last week's episode, so on the Saturday, I travelled from Cardiff to Corby um, for my brother's birthday. And I did that via London on the trains because right now, as of yet, I don't have a new car. Uh, And then Sunday, of course, was my brother's 30th birthday. And so we went out for dinner, uh, which was really nice. I had a stir fry in a place that normally serves Sunday roasts, which was interesting. But actually, the stir fry was really, really good. Um, Yeah, I'm glad I got that rather than the Sunday roast. Uh, And then straight away from there, got back to Corby, jumped in a taxi to the train station and then got a train over to London and then the Heathrow Express to an airport near, sorry, to a hotel near the airport. Uh, because Monday morning flew to the Netherlands and actually the most exciting part of that day was the Uber from the hotel to Heathrow because that was the first Tesla that I've ever been in and it was one of the old like 2016 Model S's and it just looked fucking wicked it was great the driver wasn't very impressed by it Um, he said that he had previously done Uber in like S classes and E classes and he preferred them And that this was his second Tesla because his first one got written off a few weeks ago. And he said that the Tesla is like a bit of a plasticky shit toy compared to the Mercedes that he drove. But for me, I was just excited to be in a Tesla. First time I have been. Um, But anyway, got to the airport. Uh, Had to get to the airport really early, actually, because traveling into the Netherlands, and this is the same from what I understand with most countries, you need to do a pre-departure test. And for the Netherlands, if you're fully vaccinated, you can do a a lateral flow test within the 24-hour period before your flight departs. So that's what we did. Got to the airport at like 8am, did the test, waited for the results. Um, Side note also, I have been doing lateral flow tests wrong my whole life, or my whole life since COVID, because, you know, I, I put that little cotton bud up my nose for a few seconds and I wiggle it around a bit. When you have the tests done by the paid testing company who have to certify the test 
she shoved that thing up my nose for so fucking long. It must have been up there for like 30 seconds on each side, just constantly being wiggled around. Definitely something that I would rather avoid in the future. Um, but yeah, test was negative. So then you have to put all of that detail into the BA app. So your negative lateral flow test, uh, your vaccine certificate to get into the Netherlands, a completed health declaration form from the Netherlands government and a separate vaccine declaration form. Put all that into the app. That then gets sent to a human somewhere in the world who manually verifies that those documents are in your name, that they match your passport and all these things. And then you're allowed to get your boarding pass. So it was a bit of a faff, but it was straightforward enough. Uh, Got through security, nice and quick. Heathrow was basically empty. Uh, And then sat down in a lounge for a couple of hours to do some work and literally as I opened my laptop everyone was waking up to Monday morning in their offices around the country Um, and Facebook has been a challenge recently. Facebook CPMs are going through the roof um, and Facebook as an ad platform right now is presenting quite a lot of curveballs and quite a lot of challenges and so my two and a half hours sat in the airport lounge which could have been a nice, lovely time to eat some breakfast and catch up on some emails, actually just turned into sporadic firefighting and emailing people and tweaking ads and fixing things and trying to optimise performance um, in this kind of mad dash before uh, I got on the plane because then I knew that I would be stuck on the plane for 40 minutes waiting to taxi and then actually on the flight with no signal and then getting through security. And so I basically thought that anything that I didn't get done there and then, before the flight, it would be very difficult to uh, have many working hours left on the other side. So uh, that was fun. And then, of course, flew to the Netherlands. Um, and in a way, despite everything I just said about all the forms that you need to upload and stuff, travel right now actually feels really close to normal. Um, other than that paperwork and the tests, like the airport itself, the flight itself, security on both sides, basically feels like normal travel. Um notwithstanding the fact that you need to wear a mask the whole time. But other than that, like things feel really normal right now, um, at least in the UK and in the Netherlands, which is good, I guess. Um, so yeah, went for food Monday night. Tuesday was just a normal working day from the hotel. Didn't really do anything outdoors that day, just worked because, well, it was a working day. And then we went into Amsterdam on Tuesday night. And I'm not sure if it's because the travel restrictions have Uh, caused fewer people to go out there at the moment but I remember of the the previous times I've been to Amsterdam I remember hating it it just reminds me of like I don't know the Malaga strip or something like it's just carnage and everyone's drunk and I don't know it just I didn't enjoy it in the past but it was actually really nice and peaceful and pleasant and uncharacteristically warm for the middle of October that evening so we had a little walk around um Got some food in a steak restaurant called Cow, original name, I know. Um, and then headed back to the hotel for our 5.45am wake-up call the next day. Had to be up very early because the meeting that we were in the Netherlands for wasn't actually in Amsterdam. We stayed near Schiphol Airport, but the meeting was like two and a half hours away on two trains. And so had to get up by six and get ready and have a shower and get dressed in like actual meeting clothes and then get over to a train station for like half seven Uh, and then we got to our meeting in a little town like I say about two and a half hours away from Amsterdam 
And then we had a day-long meeting and facility tour with a potential new client. And of course, can't say much about that, but it was just a nice day, to be honest. It was really nice to put faces to people that we had spoken so much to through video calls and emails for the past few months to just sit down, have a chat. Of course, we spoke about work and the ins and outs of the project that we're looking at, but we also, for an hour or so over lunch, just chatted about life and the world. And inevitably, I asked questions about, you know, how was Brexit perceived in mainland Europe and all these things? And then the uh, the clients were explaining that, yes, it's easy to say that the UK has its problems and to point at them, but that every country has its own internal problems that only the people from that country appreciate and feel and recognize and then they gave us some examples and it was just interesting it was eye-opening because needless to say none of us have been traveling a lot recently and so it's very easy in these kind of small insular worlds that we each live in particularly around lockdown to just not talk to other people and understand how the actions of our country and what we speak about so much is perceived by others. And so it was just interesting. It was an unusual conversation and one that I definitely haven't had any time recently. So that was good. Um, But yeah, that was it basically for the meeting. Then got the train back to the airport, did a bit of work that night uh, and then flew home yesterday. Um, Heathrow for productivity, incredible. Literally get there check-in, walk through security, lounge, plane, done, loads of work done. Schiphol, on the other hand, was an absolute fucking nightmare. So the first thing was that the British Airways app doesn't allow you to uh, check in online through that airport for some reason to do with some people not having the right paperwork historically. So they have to get turned away at the gate and the flight mandate has to change and all this nonsense didn't really understand but basically couldn't check in um online so had to queue for like an hour before this checking gate opened and then um we were in the like club europe queue which is supposed to be the priority queue but actually the other queue was moving faster so it probably took us like an hour and a half of standing around just to check into the flight um security was fine um the priority security line takes you through to like a little room which is like instant don't even have to take your laptop out of your bag you literally put your laptop uh sorry you put everything in a tray keep your watch on walk through a scanner thing done sorted uh passport control was nice and easy Uh, but just all of the waiting around in between just an actual nightmare so i plan to get quite a lot of work done at the airport yesterday by time we actually got through all of those queues and layers of security and passport and then walked the four thousand miles that it was between the uh entrance and the gate where our flight was departing, literally got nothing done. Um, sat on the plane, the in-flight power didn't work, so couldn't even charge my laptop. And then um, got back to the UK, drove, or Richard drove, because like I said, don't have a car, I'll give you an update on that in a minute. But we drove from uh, Heathrow back to Wales, Uh slept last night to be honest didn't do anything eventful and then woke up this morning was back in the office for 8 a.m to have a big old day of meetings and also catching up on work that has been well not done this week because of all of the travel and movement um and then tomorrow i'm gonna get a train back to corby where i'll be for the next week or so so this has been a really fucking busy week um and it's interesting because when i was sat 
on Sunday night on that Heathrow Express on my own, literally on my own, like there was nobody else on that train. Just must have been an unpopular time to go to Heathrow on a Sunday night. I was sat there thinking that, you know, I was traveling to an airport to fly to another country to meet a potential client who wants to hire us because of our work. And I just thought this is mad because this whole situation, if I were to describe this to myself, say 10 years ago, that I'd have a business and that we would do work of a sufficient level that gets us the reputation to have potential clients in other countries and that the work that we do would be able to fund us to go to those other countries and to meet these people and to have conversations and to take in the surroundings and to call that work. I would think, no, surely not. Like, that sounds too good to be true. And yet, weirdly, right, as I was sat on that train on the way to the airport, I felt almost entirely indifferent. Like, it didn't feel like a big thing. It didn't feel like it was this big, momentous step that was worthy of making note of. It was literally just a Sunday. It was literally just travelling to a meeting that happened to be a bit further away than a normal meeting. It was just another sales conversation. It was just another form of transport. And the reason I say that is it kind of ties into this whole impossible becomes inevitable thing that I talk about all the time. In as much as if 10 years ago I explained that situation to myself, one which, by the way, I think will become more common, not least if we begin working with this client, like I'll probably be out there two or three times a year, like that will become a commonplace way of traveling to a particular meeting. But 10 years ago, that would seem mad. Whereas on Sunday, it seemed entirely normal because I had gone through all of the thousands of days of little steps and progress and moving the needle that is required to find myself in situations like that. And 10 years from now, whether it is this business or another, like we will be in a vastly different place again. One that I cannot imagine right now one that if you told me right now I would say that sounds impossible but in the next 10 years we're going to do the work we're going to take the necessary steps we're going to move the needle forward in such a way whereby those crazy outlandish stretch unobtainable goals that I look at right now will become inevitable Um, and I think the other thing that I was thinking as I sat on that train in what should have been like a nice, quite exciting moment, feeling indifferent. I had to remind myself that when I arrive at these things that are supposed to feel special, I will more than likely feel indifferent. And so because of that, it's more important than ever that in this whole business thing with the ups and the downs, because trust me, there are ups and downs, I just need to further embrace the process further embrace enjoying the day-to-day doing and trying and growing and all of these things because that is where the feeling comes from like there is no feeling in these big moments I've learned that a few times in my life whether it was the TED talk whether it was watching myself on The Apprentice whether it was launching the magazine with Richard Branson whether it was having an agency which can get clients abroad and flying to see that like In all of these moments, I haven't felt a certain way. It was always in the anticipation. It was always in the building up to that point. It was always in the trying 
to get there. And yes, you feel good and yes, you feel proud and all these things when you get there. But that's for such a brief moment that I think is really important that in work, but also in life, I remind myself and you remind yourself that you're not going to feel incredible in these moments when you think you will. You need to learn to find that happiness and embrace that feeling just every day, right? There's a quote, I can't think what it is exactly. It's something like, if you can't be happy with a cup of coffee, you won't be happy in a yacht. And the idea is essentially that, and I think I spoke about this recently, the idea that happiness isn't a destination. And I spoke about happiness not being a destination in the sense of literal travel a few months back. But right now I mean that happiness isn't like the 24th of March 2028 when a particular thing in your life is going to happen. It's binary. You either have it or you don't. You either give yourself permission to enjoy each day until that date and the process and the doing and the trying and the ups and the downs and you just live with it or you don't. And I think that was just a reminder because I expected such a kind of step change in a particular part of our business to feel a certain way and it didn't and I think that that's just a reminder that that's okay I think my other reflection from that trip entirely unrelated by the way is just how clean and efficient and on time and well run the Netherlands as a country is now of course I'm making a generalization because I saw a tiny fraction of the country, right? I saw the airport and a few roads to the hotel and the hotel and the touristy area of Amsterdam and then a couple of train journeys and then a small town and then a client facility and then the reverse of that back to the airport. But like the trains are so good and such good value for money and they're clean and they're efficient and they're on time and the streets are spotless. And everybody seems to have, like, really, I don't know how to describe it, nondescript clothing. Like, you don't see tacky designer brands worn by people. At least I didn't in my experience. You don't see big flashy whips. Like, frankly, most people seem to just drive an electric car. And I think there's just something to say about looking at other countries um, and just seeing what we can learn from them, right? Because I think that we as a country are fairly insular. Um, there's 52% of this country who rejected the idea of being part of the EU but I think that every country in the world can probably teach us things if only we look at them and it's no accident that for example that country the Netherlands happens to have cheap train travel with really frequent trains that are always on time and that are built to a really high standard and that have loads of staff and that and that are really clean and just seem to work and I don't know I just when I was there I was thinking like, I imagine we as a country could learn things from this and every other country and so I wrote it down and that is a thought that I had and the last thing I want to talk about before I go and get on with some work is my car or rather my lack of car so you remember this time last week I said that I was going to get a kazoo subscription car that was the plan, and then I had a falling out of Kazoo. Um, they just have a fucking ridiculous policy that they couldn't look past, I couldn't get past, had like a 20 email conversation with somebody, and at which point I just thought, fuck this, like it's not worth trying to jump through all of these hoops for some ridiculous policy that frankly, in my opinion, didn't make any sense. Um, all the while, any of the vehicles that I really wanted from them were going out of stock, and it's just all these random shit ones like I spoke about last week. And so what I decided to do instead is use the company that Richard currently uses for his car. Uh, and I have ordered a Volkswagen ID3, which is actually really exciting. I've always said that I don't want an electric car. 
Um, but this thing is like a fucking spaceship. It looks really cool. It has all of the technology that you could ever want and more. Um, and it had a fairly short lead time, so I can get it, or rather I am getting it on the 2nd of November. And so it means I'm going to be carless for another two and a half or so weeks. But I'm excited to get behind the wheel of that car. It's automatic. Um, it looks nice. It's got cruise control. It's got all these things that the other car didn't have. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to be able to drive again in a few weeks' time. But in the meantime, it's going to be more trains, more taxis, more walking, and more slight regret that I sold my other car so soon. But there we go. Uh, I think that's everything. Just a bit of an update this week um, because, yeah, it's been a busy one. Quite a lot to talk about. Um, I hope you've had a good week. Thank you, as always, for listening. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 94 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.